This is Millennial Man Motions Entertainment, LLC. Today is Monday, December 20th, 2021, and I am back with my good friend and co-host, Avi. And in today's episode, we are going to be discussing the 1982 family comedy classic, E.T., the extra, extra terrestrial, which was, of course, um, Directed by Steven Spielberg, as he's directed a lot of movies, and uh, but this is one of his better movies, I think. Um, really good, really, really uh, well done. And uh, so let's get right into this. Avi, uh, E.T. What are your what What are your first initial thoughts when it comes to E.T. the Extraterrestrial? Well, my first first thought is my first thought is like uh, when I was, uh, my first watch that movie when I was a little child when, uh, when it used to come out on DHS about the and there's also about I thought the beginning of the movie is a little eerie and scary about the even for the opening credits it's like uh, something that's like uh, what it sounds like menacing but during that about when it, the, the most exciting thing about the school the jump that you call jump scare that shocked me when Elliot first meet E.T. in the cornfields about that's where there's a little like uh, a sound felt like a little like uh, hurts my ears until until the second half that comes very beautiful and, uh, and very like heartfelt yeah it is definitely um, what was the word you said before heartfelt Beautiful. Oh, yeah, it's definitely, definitely beautiful and heartfelt how it was. Um, guys, everybody listening, before we get too deep into this, I want everybody to know that after today's episode, E.T., um, we're going to finish, Avi and I are going to finish off the secular Gregorian year of 2021 to finish off after E.T. with us talking about another classic adventure family comedy, also from the 80s, um, Richard Donner's the Goonies, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot to say about the Goonies. So, Goonies will cl- close off the year after ET. And, uh, sorry, yeah, go ahead. You were saying, um, it was beautiful and, um, what was the other word? Beautiful uh, and heartfelt. And heartfelt, for sure, this movie was. Definitely, especially with the way, um, how ET spoke and felt about things. Um, I, before we started the podcast, I did pull up the ET extraterrestrial IMDB page into the trivia section so if you also can go into your computer and open up the trivia section on ET as well we can go over some trivia from the movie that we like because there's a lot of trivia to cover while we talk about the movie in general as well so do you have a way to open up um, IMDB and go to ET's movie uh, yeah, I open it up and I click on ET trivia. Yeah, let's start. Um, it says there's a hundred and four. It says there's a hundred and forty items and um six spoilers, but um, a hundred and forty. That's a whole lot. So we're not gonna go over all, all trivia, just the ones that both stand out, st- stood out to us. But um, it starts with the top of the page talking about something being a pup pupper tree with uh performed two foot ten tall stuntman. And then somebody born without legs, that's how it starts everything. I don't know which trivia stood out for you, which you want to start with all this. That's how they they, they make E.T. walk, so the... Yeah, with the walking, yeah, so that's the first bit of trivia. Yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. My phone, about the... And also, another thing about, what's an interesting theory about this E.T. about, and you know, they believe that E.T. was a, a, a Jedi from Star Wars universe. It says stuff, yes, it does say stuff about Star Wars in, in regards to E.T. in some bits of the trivia. I'm just trying to look at each bit of trivia of the 140 because uh, I want to decide what to talk about and what you both want to talk about as well. But yes, it does get into Star Wars. I got to find the Star Wars parts. Um, let me see. So after the puppetry, they were talking about John Williams, uh, John Williams scoring it with a good musical score from uh, John Williams. Then more about the music. Um, uh, Spielberg shot most of the film from eye level of a child to further connect with Elliot and E.T. What did you think about Elliot as the young uh, boy who meets the alien? What did you make of the Elliot character, the main character Elliot? He's very solid, uh, 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 very thoughtful person, but Without the father, only his mother, mother around. But, uh, but you know, she's she's trying her best to, to how to work with each other. 
but with E.T. come along, it's like a, E.T. is like a very surrogate father. It's like a, for most part, a sci-fi version of Mary Poppins, but, but more cheerful. <laughs> Not, not singing and dancing. Yeah. So I'm going to go over the first bit of Star Wars trivia about it with you. It says, the Halloween scene where E.T. sees a child in a, Yo in a Yoda costume and seems to recognize him suggests that they are from the same galaxy. In Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, 1999, in the galactic Senate scene where all the senators are on their feet shouting, you can see E.T. species among the Senate pods in the lower right corner. That is a very bit, interesting bit of the beginning start of the Star Wars AT trivia about each other. Yeah, here's a suggestion from George Lucas, because he's a fan of Spielberg about, because Spielberg's screen has shown George Lucas, or they make fun about the, of the Yoda's cameo appearance, about that's why he, George Lucas borrowed it from Spielberg. Right, right. Well, it, it, well, when you mentioned Spiel, when you mentioned Lucas, it also says now after that bit, right after that trigger of the Halloween and the uh, Yoda thing, it says the script was largely largely written while on location filming Raiders of the Lost Ark during filming breaks. Um, what I want to say about that is, as we know, this is a St uh, Spielberg directed in at Jones and ET. Well. It, they moved it from 2022 to 2023. So, supposedly, unless they change it again, for summer 2023, after 22, they moved it, keeping the spots. They're supposed to be Indiana Jones 5, but with, with Harrison Ford returning, but Spielberg's not going to be directing part five. Apparently, uh, it's going to... He's only producing it. He's only producing it. I don't know. I don't think... That kind of worries me that he's not coming back to direct it. I don't know that in the end of Jones Five would be as good without um, Spielberg's direction. Um, but yeah, he's not coming directing to Five. I found that who's directing the end of Jones Five is is directed by James Mangold. Right. Of, who of did Logan Who did the Wolverine Logan, Logan movie? Yeah. Uh, even my theory is for Indiana Jones Five and Logan, one of the main character, the lead character, you know, for every, for every franchise, all of a sudden gets killed off for the first time you know, in the end and, and pass on to the. Uh, Another, another well, when at the time, that's a good point when you say that because at the time when Spielberg was still planning to direct Indiana Jones Five, it said in the trivia of the IMD page while Spielberg was still directing that Indiana Jones would not be killed off. But now I'm thinking, and I can't believe they did that to something another franchise, which I won't say if people haven't yet seen it yet, but uh, that I won't mention about. But but um. <sighs> With, with Spielberg no longer directing, and it said in the trivia for that that he would not be killed off, knowing that we know that, that yeah, James Mandolf guy had Wolverine dying at the end of Wolverine, you don't think they're actually going to kill Indiana Jones off at the end of Indiana Jones 5, do you? Uh, I'm afraid so, because uh, you know what happened to other franchise. Like, you ever watched the James Bond No Time to Die? Well, that's what I was saying. I did, I, that's why I didn't mention the franchise. I was referring to that in... in um, Implied, I um, if because I don't know if if people hadn't already seen the James Bond No Time to Die, I didn't want to get into specifics about that. But yeah. But even though we watch or we watch a sequel trilogy of Star Wars, yeah, all the original characters you know for the original trilogy, Luke, Leia, and Han, yeah, all three of them are sadly gets killed. Yeah, off well, see, that's the thing. These classic movies from the seventies, eighties, and nineties, they bring it back to keep it going. And these older characters, I just think it's to piss off the fans that they're killing off so many of these old school hero characters. I don't think it's right that they're all getting killed off. Yeah. Whether they're Han Solo, Princess Leia, Luke, whoever, whoever they may be, what other characters from other franchises from eighties, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like that they're all getting killed off. I think that's just Hollywood pissing off at the fans or something. But anyway, yeah. yeah so back to the trivia. Okay, let me see. We mentioned uh, the thing about um, uh, Star Wars. I, I know there's more Star Wars stuff in here, but I, I, there's other things also not related to Star Wars I also want to get to with the trivia. Um, but what did you make of um, you, um, Drew, Drew, Bar Drew Barrymore's character, the young Drew Barrymore? Yeah. What did uh, you she's, very she's very funny about, like, uh, she's very funny and uh, also, like, uh, uh, something like, uh, not, like, eccentric, but something like... Uh, she wants something make us happy, but uh, even though it's, when she met, when she, when she first, uh, she's the one that first saw taught E.T. how to speak words. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so it says, hold on, so wait, it says, when it was test screened at the Cannes Film Festival as an unofficial entry, it brought the house down, receiving a standing ovation that eluded most of the official on 
entrees. And then it says about the cassette. Um, there's got a lot of stuff about the cassette. It said um, at one point, I didn't get to one part of the cassette, where the, after the theatrical release, it ran for over a year, but wasn't available on home video use until 1988. And so the movie came out in 1982. So if it wasn't available on home release until 1988, that means there was six whole years where it wasn't available for people, for people to see after the theatrical release. Yeah. Um, wait, no, you have to... Next time you mention um, James Bond, um, please give... Please give people a heads up because in case people haven't seen it yet, I didn't want to ruin any, any of No Time to Die for people who haven't already seen it yet if they haven't got a chance to see it. I know that had a lot of stuff going on with it as well, which I really, it sounds like you saw it. Then you mentioned the sequel trilogy, I think, of Star Wars or so, but yeah, because of the, those older characters. But yeah, there's a lot I want to say about No Time to Die. I was thinking like, how about, how about after we get through all the Batman stuff, we could then maybe move talk about No Time to Die after Batman or something. Uh, also, it's an interesting fact about the end of scenes of E.T. Mm-hmm. It turns out Harrison, Harrison Ford is supposed to be in the... That's part of the trivia. I, I, we didn't get to that part of the trivia yet, but that's it. I'll, we'll get a specific about that when I get to him. I just want to see what else there is. So I mentioned the cassette, but we'll get to Harrison, Harrison Ford very, very soon. All right, so I mentioned the cassette thing there. Um, okay, um... Wait a sec, after the setting ovation. Uh, when the film was re- released on video in the U.S., the cassette was made from green plastic as a measure to cut... Confound Video Pirates. By December 31st, 1988, the film had sold 15 million cassettes. Okay, home. what else is I'm skipping something for the auditions. Um, at the auditions, Henry Thomas, I guess that's it, played Elliot, thought about the day his dog died to express sadness. Director Steven Spielberg cried and offered him the role of Elliot on the spot. Uh, E.T.'s face was modeled after poet Carl Sandburg, Albert Einstein, and a pup dog. Then it says something about Zemeckis. The gag where the mother looks in the closet and sees the alien surrounded by toys was um, dreamed up by Robert Zemeckis. Okay, here we go. Here's your thing about Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford initially filmed a cameo role in the film as Elliot's school headmaster, but the scene was cut. That's his, yeah. that's the specific thing about what what Harrison Ford did, what Ford did, and, and that it was eventually cut and not part of the actual movie. Just it was a cut deleted a cut a cut deleted scene. Uh, sometimes they cut the scene because I think yeah. all the focus about we can't we can't focus on the any of our best known celebrities once they make a big bunch of psychopaths. They want to focus like uh, uh, unknown actors or super yeah. become famous, yeah. like from Henry Thomas, yeah. Uh, let me see. Yeah, most, 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 most of the very weird thing is, besides uh, the, about Elliot's mother, Mary, mm-hmm. that's so full face, all the other adult actors, like the government or the or the school teacher, their their face wasn't shown. The, the only from the bot from the from the bottom, like from hips. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I tell the. That's how when the government knows about ET. We'll get to the government. Let's save the government part for later. That's like towards the end of the movie. I still want to go through some more of the trivia first. Then we'll get to the government part later on. But definitely, we'll get to the government parts later on towards the end. Um, Let's see. It says, The doctors and nurses who work on the who work on ET or all real emergency room techni- technicians they were told to treat ET the same way they would treat a real patient so that the dialogue so that their dialogue and actions would seem real the movie had the longest theatrical run of over a year and then on June 27th 1982 Spielberg personally screened the film at the White House for President Ronald Reagan and First Lady Nancy Reagan I'm going to sp- skip that big paragraph one and then it says about the gender it says Steven Spielberg stated in an interview with, uh, that ET was a plant-like creature and neither and was neither nor male nor female. That's interesting. So it was basically a plant and not a male or female. Well, you know, actually, about if ET's voice acting, besides some of the, some of the actually were voiced by a female, like uncredibly, the ET's voice is uncredited by the yeah by Deborah Winger of the Officer of a Gentleman and. Uh, even sometimes, uh, but mostly it's, a, it's a, it was voiced by a female, but they had to alternate their voice and make it croaky about the, 
to make that sounds like a male. Before you before I forget, after you said um, an officer and a gentleman, that was actually one of the movies my my parents went on a date um, before they got married. They went to go see that movie together. Actually, an officer and gentleman. So I just want to say that parent wise to connect how you said that movie right there. Um, Steven Spielberg worked simultaneously on both this film and Poltergeist, both 82, which was directed by Toby Hooper and produced by Spielberg, and both were made to complement each other. E.T. represented suburban dreams, and Poltergeist represented suburban nightmares. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Then it says, well, some, yeah. then it says something about Corey Feldman tr almost being in the movie. What do you say? Uh, there's a part here about Corey Feldman was originally scheduled to have for a role in E.T. and over the course with the skip of the rewrite, his part was eliminated. Spielberg felt bad about the decision and promised Feldman a part in his next planned production, which turns out to be Gremlins. Feldman went on to play Tommy Jarvis in Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Hmm. See, so, yeah, uh, can't move, I'm well, going through. Yeah, you know, yeah, Corey Feldman works again with the producer Steve Spielberg on the Goonies. Yeah, 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 for, yeah, for sure. We'll have a lot to say about um, we'll have a lot to say about Corey Feldman inside of the Goonies next week with the Goonies episode. But right now we're just covering all about ET. But Goonies is definitely next week. Um, according to the film's novelization, ET is over ten million years old. That's interesting about his age. I mean, about its age because it's it's a plant, not not a not a gender. Um, Let's see. I'm I'm going through. I'm scrolling through the trivia uh, to see what else. I know it's going to mention about probably maybe about Harrison Ford again somewhere. Let me see. Um, all right. Okay. Right. I know you were a big fan of Jurassic Park, so the Jurassic Park trivia says was the highest grossing movie of all time in 1982 worldwide until Spielberg's Jurassic until Spielberg's Jurassic Park of 1993 was released. Adjusted for inflation today, it's still the fourth highest grossing. Okay. So that was about um, E.T. and Jurassic Park connecting together. Oh, I didn't know E.T. is connected with Jurassic Park. Yeah, it says, it says, for E.T., it says, in part of the trivia, was the highest grossing movie of all time worldwide until Spielberg's Jurassic Park 1993 release. So basically, 82's E.T. was doing well up until 93 when his own Jurassic Park surpassed it. Uh, you have his first, his very first blockbuster movie that started all, started all for every summer films is Jaws. Uh, that's also a big money. Yeah, well, Jaws, Jaws was the, Jaws was the most, for the very first successful movie he did before those little projects. 1975 Jaws was the movie that in, basically invented the blockbusters. Yeah. Alright, so it talks about Christian allegory. Though many have suggested that the film contains elements of Christian allegory, director Steven Spielberg said that the pa any parallels are strictly coincidental. Furthermore, Spielberg adds that if he ever made a, adds that he ever made a, if he ever made a Christian allegory, his mother, a devout Jew, would probably never forgive him. Very interesting. So basically it's yeah. saying, though, why might pe people might see Christian allegories if he did that for himself, for things, his mom would not like that. <laughs> yeah, you don't know about E.T. We thought was, uh, the E.T. is gone. But yeah. We didn't know how he got, got to come back at the life, but even that they say that his heart is glowing. Uh, that's why he wears a white robe when he's out of the band. Right. And fully, and fully, his skin is changing back to his normal color. Uh Oh, right. Oh, yeah, the color changes, right. Okay, well, there's a second bit of Star Wars trivia right now I'm reading, okay? It says for a second bit of Star Wars, Star Wars trivia. When the key, when the kid in, Yo in the, the, when the kid in the Yoda costume is seen, you can hear a snippet of Yoda's theme, Yoda's theme from The Empire Strikes Back. John Williams composed the music for both Empire and E.T. So that connects it to, uh, Yoda and Empire Strikes Back again. Yeah, because that's why there's something like, uh, very, very, very funny about that. Even though the, the, the Yoda theme in Empire Strikes Back is a shallow theme, it's something Right, yeah. But the, but the E.T. part with the Yoda theme, it's like, uh, it looks like you play like uh, yeah, clarinet. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now it says also, I'm not going to read the whole paragraph, but just the first line of this one. It says, Spielberg reportedly spent $100,000 on the 20th anniversary re-release of the movie in 2002 i actually had a girlfriend back in 2002 in high school in the winter winter spring of 2002 and one of the movies when we went out to see together that she took me to was the 20th anniversary of vt so i saw it in 2002 then um and now let's talk about the atari video game after the 
2002 20th anniversary bid. It says, the Atari video game for this film was one of the biggest critical and commercial failures failures in video game history, leading to thousands of unsold cartridges being buried in a landfill. Yeah, that's a big trivia about the Atari version of E.T. It, it was very bad and, and so bad that they wanted to bury it in a landfill. You ever remember that trivia about the Atari thing? Yeah, yeah, I saw clips of it. Yeah, They showed um they showed an uncharted movie the uncharted movie trailer before um Spider Man um No Way Home because I saw No Way Home yesterday Spider Man they had the movie version of Tom Holland being in char uncharted as one of the trailers and as far as what you were saying like with like Lara Lara cloth and stuff also the mummy the mummy from 1999 was like an updated mummy um the guy that was played the mummy um. Brendan Fraser and all that. That was kind of like an updated version for for also in a kind of like Indiana Jones type way. Yeah, just another ripoff. Yeah. Like, uh, just want to now it says. Yeah, yeah. Now it says the working title of the film was A Boy's Life. Talking about E.T. again. The working title for the film was A Boy's Life. It was changed during production. Uh, the late the late singer Michael Jackson owned one of the E.T. puppets. Oh yeah. Even Michael Jackson, it turns out he does his own audio audio book narration from E.T. storybook about. Yeah. He provided this, he did a song for the opening opening song opening a song on the audio books to party to do narration and then the closing song in the end. Right. Okay, everybody, we're gonna continue talking in a moment with about our rest of our thoughts, opinions, trivia, and all together about this movie and connecting it to other movies. But before we do, we're gonna segue to a quick commercial break at 22 minutes in. So here we go, and then. With more ET talk to, to follow. I want to talk about Anchor.fm podcasting and why everyone should be a new podcaster. If you haven't heard about Anchor.fm podcasting, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. It is 100% free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your mobile cell phone or computer. Anchor.fm podcasting will distribute your podcast for you so that you can be heard on all the other platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more other platforms. You can make money from your podcasts with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast, all in one easy-to-find place to work everything out together. Download the free Anchor.fm application on your iOS, Apple smartphone, or on your Android, or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Okay, the next bit of trivia I want to discuss says that according to Spielberg, none of the children were acting. They had to act through the movie in, chrono in a chronological order and never saw the E.T. costume without an actor in inside, let alone the actor within the costume. When the ending was filmed, they actually befriended the alien and now had to say goodbye forever. Their heartbreak was real. That goes back to the feeling and the um, emotion and how heartfelt and hard the whole movie was for people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sometimes, sometimes it felt like uh, being part of real life as a as a child without reading a script about like, yeah. Uh, some yeah. Yeah. There, there was talk about the script with that. Yeah. With talk with the different scripts. Um, yeah. Spielberg originally intended on a sequel, writing a proposed script during the summer of '82 when ET had its initial release. The proposed film would have taken place on ET's home world, and imagery from purported pre-production was published in some tabloids. Ultimately, Spielberg scrapped the idea, believing that any sequel would only rob the original film's virginity. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it would work to have a sequel. It's standing alone without a sequel, for sure. Well, a sequel would not work. I read that there was a book of novelization of E.T. sequel called E.T. Book of the Green Planet that shows about E.T.'s gone back to his home planet. about maybe as what's like on this planet, not like in the moon, but like everything what's like in the spaceship, like lots of vegetation and lots of... 
had lots of, you know, like, uh, good, uh, good wives, but you know, it's a little hard to understand about, to learn about monopolization, to know what it's like in the alien planets, about right. even like yeah. creatures you never see before. Only except you watch uh, on the, the, you know, on YouTube about the theme park attraction, DC's mm-hmm. Adventure on Universal Rides. Oh, wow, yeah. They show us about point of view about what's like a planet looks like and right. you're not at Disney World. Right. Now, before we get into some more trivia that hasn't already been said yet, I just want to repeat two bits of early trivia that said that it had a theatrical release of over a year, which I find very interesting because, you know, most movies generally are way under a year for the most part, and that it didn't get the home video release for people until 88, six years later. So I thought those two bits of theatrical and home releases were, was very interesting as part of it. We're also gonna get, we're gonna get to more talk about Harrison Ford and Back to the Future. All this is discussed with trivia. But first, it says, El- El- Elliot's last name is never mentioned. That's interesting. So the character Elliot, the main, main young guy dude, he, he never had a last name mentioned. Interesting. Yeah, that's, that's, that's another weird thing besides uh... Right. No now not even in the movie or the credits, neither one, yeah. That, here's yeah. another thing they're saying about Harrison Ford. It says although his scene as school principal was edited, Harrison Harrison Ford's voice is quite distinctive as the laboratory professor to perform on dissections on frogs. So if there was a frog scene Harrison's voice distinctively is still heard, even though his visual scene was cut. Yeah. The um, the shoes that Elliot wore in the movie are the same brand of Nike shoes worn by Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future, which Spielberg was executive producer of. Oh, that's. Yeah, that's an interesting bit of trivia right there. Yeah, and you know what's popular is uh, what, what I like the most by ET is like uh, I like to have a candy called Reese's Pieces. That's what. Uh, oh yeah, there was always yeah there was always that thing about yeah there was always that thing about Reese's pre- Reese's Pieces. Because that's why even though the, I remember from the they thought they could buy M and M's before they used in the movie, but but the M and M's company that won't allow it. But even though it's a weird thing, I might say M and M's are too chocolatey. Reese's Pieces very smooth inside with that peanut butter in it so it's like it's good to, to crunch on you better make sure there's no allergic allergy to it but the Reese's Pieces Wait a sec- better than- Yeah, they had Reese's Pieces for things, yeah. Now, my very first job was working for a Sesame Place, so I want to go over the Sesame Street, Sesame Place trivia now, where it says, The Sesame Street from 1969, scene shown on the family TV, was Big Bird and, Big Bird and Grover, which first aired at the, in the premiere episode of the show's fifth season on November 19th, 1973. Very interesting. Oh. I thought it's almost like very recent, like you know, like it, but it's, it still continues, goes on there all the way from the eighties. About yeah, like, even though it looks like from the dialogue, I thought it looks like they altered the audio about uh, the the big person to go, but I think it's come from the outer space. About is that the way they say about about to the alphabetical about the, the numerical numbers about but by talking about science fiction. I mean, it's definitely a science fiction type movie, but hold on, wait a sec. Here's another bit of trivia about Harrison Ford again. While Harrison Ford's cameo was cut from the film, the scene featuring his character, his, his character, Elliot's school principal, was still included in the film's novel- novelization. So yeah, even though he was cut from the actual theatrical cut, it sounds like his voice was still in the frog scene, and in the novel books, he's still mentioned as well, so he's not completely cut out of the film. Or in, or in some case, like a Webby, the voice as one of the government agents. Right. Oh, what was it about the agent? Say it again. Webby, he'd be a voice as an audio voice as one of the government agents. Yeah, well, there were definitely parts of the movie that had, had dealing with um, government agents. Um, I guess while I'm while I'm looking to find more trivia, I guess you can talk about some of the gov- the government agent the government stuff now. Right. What do you have to say about the government parts of the movie? Well, sometimes they are very brooding and like uh, scary with it. With all the scientists comes out, comes up, walking up the hill, the streets of the sunsets. Like a, it's like a very like marching of the stormtroopers of Star Wars. And the, but even though it turns out for scientists and medical, they're like a very, uh, very serious, not very like greedy, exploitive, like any movies. This is like a, like a most uh, sympathetic, even the one with the man who calls himself keys like right now i believe in right now i believe in previous movie conversations i think you might have briefly mentioned the wizard of oz there's some wizard of oz trivia if you want to get through some of that now it's a big i'll go through some of the lines and it's a big paragraph but it said um uh 
if you ever mention The Wizard of Oz. It said, Director Steven Spielberg initially refused to let Universal Pictures release the film on home video formats after the film had finished its long theatrical run as he believed it would cheapen the film's legacy, blah, 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 blah. Um, he said Spielberg saw, saw, said he saw the movie as a family event movie like The Wizard of Oz from 1939. Uh, so that's interesting. It was that Spielberg thought that it shouldn't have done certain ways on a home video release and that it was more in tune, like similar to the family event of like The Wizard of Oz from 1939. So that's interesting about yeah. the trivia there about that little. I, would, I didn't read the whole paragraph, but you got the gist of it. Uh, uh, here's an interesting about the about more about it. they're gonna make E.T. sequel, but you know they already make it as uh, a couple years ago, like winter 2019. It's before COVID 19 the lockdown. They already made release of a, a holiday advertisement for about like a one about Verizon about uh, it's reuniting with Henry Thomas back again as an adult alien. How was it? How was the um 2019 thing? Was it well? Was it was it tasteful? The 2019 way of that. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's very well, well, wishes about uh, for the family audience who wants to watch that advertisement for holiday break. Well, I hopefully they like that advertisement of the 2019 yeah, version of that. Know, but um, it needs, it needs permission from the filmmaker. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, listen. Um, I, I know you mentioned Star Wars a lot. I found another bit of Star Wars trivia. Um, next with this, it says for Star Wars trivia, in the Hollywood, in the Holly, 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 Halloween, in the Halloween scene, Elliot, E.T. and Michael, I'm not sure who Michael is, I just know mainly E.T. and Elliot, I'm not know the rest of the characters, but it said, they, that they walked past, they were walked past as a child who is, they walked past a child who is dressed up as Yoda from Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back, and, uh, we already went over the galactic part, and, but then it says, um, Although although Lucas wrote it as a nod to E.T., the extraterrestrial, it's possible that E.T. and Star Wars could be set in the same universe that Star Wars is set as a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away as it, as it could, could explain E.T.'s reaction when E.T. sees the child dressed up as Yoda and that E.T. may have, E.T. may have known Yoda. That's very interesting that Yoda and E.T. might have known each other. Because you know that, yeah, because E.T. has a special power. It's like right. a floating object with his mind. Yeah. Read people's thoughts and feelings. And uh, it's like, he's like, a E.T. is a Jedi all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. Except he doesn't right. carry the lightsaber. Right. Like, even with his well, fingers. Now that, that, so, now that we start when more of that, more of the Star Wars, I know you've been in other uh, previous discussion, movie discussions, I know you seem to have a lot to say and like about fi- Rest in Peace film critic, Roger Roger Ebert. The next trivia here I got it says about Roger Ebert. It says the film E.T. You know E.T. What we're talking about. The film E.T. is included on Roger Ebert's great great movies list. So apparently Roger Ebert really really liked E.T. as part of his great movies. Yeah, that's a very very like. Like this is like E.T. is like my home about like all right, yeah. And now, now they're now they're repeating the thing about earlier about John Williams scoring both the E.T. movie and The Empire Strikes Back. But uh, oftentimes, when I read trivia from IMDb, they often repeat the same thing two, three, or four times after that. So I was just saying the same thing about John Williams score. I don't, but yeah, they repeat trivia some of the time. Um, Let me see what else. What else have what bits of trivia have we not yet spoken about? Uh, you can go more into the um, government aspect, the government agent, um, and what your favorite quotes are from the movie. Uh, besides that, everyone knows about ET phone home, phone home about that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, ET ET phone home. Yeah, ET phone home. My favorite part is about like uh, the Elliot says he has absolute power. The... Tom, tell me more about the absolute power part. Because about the. Wait, so he convinced Michael about that, what he has something in this, uh, about the absolute power. Famously, it's about the Michael Fakers is on the, he's been captured by the, by, by, by the monster, oh. and he came back, and then he grabs his own neck, and he's like, you came back, and that's like, it's oh. like something like a, a surprise attack. Oh, okay. It's like a very funny part to that, 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 that's what it, Um, like, well, no, wait, you were mentioned a bit earlier, you were mentioned about Deborah, Deborah Winger, right? Yeah. It says about Deborah Winger, as the next bit of trivia here, it says, though, though uncredited, though uncredited, Deborah Winger contributed to the voice of E.T. Ironically, this would be her, her most, her most famous role. Very interesting. So, they're saying that her, even though she was uncredited, Deborah Winger, her most famous role was the voice of E.T. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. David, you know, she makes actual cameo appearances also in the Halloween sequence, sequence that plays, a. Uh, 
So if she plays a if she wears a costume, she plays like some kind of a, a deformed doctor holding a dog under under her arms through ET's point of view. Oh, okay. Uh, that's the uh, oh, wow. Uh, but you don't know if she's one of the where's the first point of view right. before Yoda came in. Right. Oh, hold on. I want to read this next. Hold on. I know the, you like the Deborah Winger part there with that. Hold on. Let me read some more. Hold on. It says, when Elliot insults Michael, the script did not actually specify what to say, just something insulting. D. Wallace was supposed to yell angrily at him to, to sit down. When she actually heard him say, what she when she actually heard him say, it was nothing like that, nothing like that penis, penis, penis breath. Wallace's laughter while saying Elliot was her entirely genuine reaction. Very interesting. Okay. She's got something involved that she doesn't know how the child could train that to act act that way. It's a, even though she's not like a, a it's a real mother so to keep yeah. her in the it's just like yeah. a, it's a, some sort of, it's not like a part of a real, mm. real life show. Mm -hmm. It's like a, you know it's, it's very funny or something. Yeah. Then it says um, Spielberg deliberately. F oh wait, no wait. Oh, uh, yeah, Spielberg deliberately filmed the scene so it looks like the scientists are hurting E.T. rather than trying to save him. So the scientists were actually trying to save E.T. and not hurt him? Is that what happened? Well, I thought they were hurting at the beginning. Even as, uh, when, I look, when we watch it get closely, I know what how it's in real life. Like, if you ever go to ER, ER rooms or mm -hmm. it's like... It's, they turn right. You watch a hospital shot. Right. They hold on. The right. Hold on. I'm trying to get through most of the trivia and more of the best we have to talk about before we have to um, get the runtime. Um, there's another thing here about um, uh, another thing about singer Michael Jackson. It says when recording the narration narration for the audiobook, Michael Jackson almost sounded on the verge in tears himself during the scene where. E.T. almost dies. Wow, so this movie really also affected um, Michael Jackson a lot. Wow. Yeah. Uh, more Star Wars, uh, and, and your Reese, Reese pieces, two of that in the same bit of line and two trivia lines here. It says, early in the movie, when Elliot is leaving Reese's pieces as a trail back to his house, he's whistling. The first few whistles sound just like R2-D2 in the Star Wars movies. Oh, wow, there's so much Star Wars trivia connected to this movie. Yeah. Evie has a, Evie has some action figures and about the top of the city has a mm -hmm. model of the TIE Fighters. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, we're in the like a spin-off universe of the, of uh, Star Wars, but but not not made by George Lucas with, with permission, but it's Spielberg's own universe. Okay, right, right, that's, that's true, um, with the universes. Now, wait a sec. Director trademark, Spielberg, separated parents. Elliot's parents are, Elliot's parents are divorced, and it's implied that his father wants nothing to do with his family. Divorce and absent fathers are common tropes in Spielberg's films. Yeah. That's what happens, uh, like, one happens, like, a, a absent father, like, close to Kellen's third kind, and... Robert Williams hook about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Robert Williams always have to make it. They did. Yeah. They actually a, a, few, a few trivia back. They mentioned something about Robert Williams and um and he, uh, and Hulk a bit ago. So I'm trying to back it up for you since you mentioned Hulk and Robert Williams and see if I can find what what trivia it said about that in regards to those two things. Let me back up. Let's see where it was talking about um Hulk and uh Robin Williams. I'm trying to back up for it. Let me just start from the beginning and scroll. Let me see. Help me. You can go on the page also. We can find it faster if you find if you find it with me. Since I want to get through the last bits of um, a few last bits of trivia and then what else? Whatever else we want to say about the movie. But that doesn't that doesn't have to necessarily necessarily be trivia related. Where did it get to the um, Hulk and Robin Williams part? Help me find that in the IMDb uh, trivia, please. Uh, Hulk, uh, nineteen ninety one trivia. Oh, you found it. Got it. Okay, yeah, read it out to me. Uh, me? Yeah, because I haven't found it yet, so just read it out to me while I'm still trying to find it. Yeah. Oh, let me let me check it out. Yeah. Hold on a second. Yeah. The part where it talks about Hook and Robin Williams, I can't find it yet. Refind it for me. Well, sometimes about uh, what I remember about the Hook and Trivia, but Spielberg, uh, Spielberg and uh, Robin Williams are big friends, but but since uh, something passed away of the of uh, Robin Williams, about. Hold on, I got one about it. Hold on, I found one about it. Unless your yours is the same thing. It says at one point, at one point in the film, 
Gertie's mother is reading Peter Pan to her. In 1991, Spielberg would film Hook, a version of Peter Pan starring Robin Williams. That I guess that's the trivia there about it. Yeah. But by the reading, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, I read, I believe that was the Hook and Robin Williams trivia, specifically, unless you're talking about stuff that's not part of the trivia on whatever your thing was, but I just read out and found it just about how the story she read was that, he, and then the director later, so that's at least the one bit trivia line lies that it said, but you may have said trivia that's not included in the trivia page that's also not trivia related page on the page, but your own thing as well. But yeah. that's what it all is. And um, you know, here's it's in fact another film that Spielberg produced is uh, Poltergeist. What the family's watching is this classic Spencer Tracy movie called A Guy Day Joe. Mm. That movie, A Guy Day Joe, ends up to be a remake also directed by Spielberg called Always with Richard Dreyfus. Wait, wait, I'm confused. I'm confused. You just said Poltergeist, but then you said Always. So let's not jump, you're jumping around too much. What was it saying about Poltergeist? Producer Steven Spielberg, he produced it. What they, what's it shown in the movie of Poltergeist? The family watched a movie, a classic film starring Spencer Tracy called A Guy Named Joe, takes place during World War II. Spielberg got the idea, wants to make a movie, a remake from the A Guy Named Joe. It's the movie called Always. Oh, okay, I got you. Now it connects. Now the two movies connect. Got you now. Got you. I see. That's very interesting how Poltergeist connected to then Always. Very, very interesting. Um, this is a part of trivia that in the spoiler section, but I'm assuming anybody that's listening to this review mostly probably already have seen E.T., so hopefully it won't be too spoilerish, where it says, Spielberg shot the film in chronological order in order to invoke a real response from the actors, mainly children actors, when E.T. departed at the end. All emotional responses in that last scene are real. Wow. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, like uh, about that. Uh, besides, I thought this very emotional. Like Drew, Bar- Drew Barrymore got, got, got a shocking reaction when the when the, in the doctor scene tried to resuscitate. Yeah. With the, yeah. The, the doctor. Pad, but it's just like uh, it's like uh, she's she really is just crying for real life. And then so it's like so how she can't bear to watch something where you're like in the hospital. Right. The people you're close to is dying about. Yeah. It's like, it's like very, she's very connected to ET. Yeah. Um, any, any last, I know you run to the government stuff agents. Anything you want to say about government agents before I want to mention the first thing mostly everybody remembers when they think about this movie? I know you liked when it gets some of the, the age, the government agents basically wanted to bring ET back and not let him, not let him be free basically, right? But one agent, there was one who was in charge of investigation who called himself Keys, mm-hmm. like on his belt, on his belt. It turns out he's very sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he believed the one was sympathetic, the, okay. He believed that he was there when they saw that ship was coming back to pick E.T. up. He's the one who was the only one to kill the A1 government to know where it is. Right. Oh, you have to know where it is, yeah. Um, I want to talk about now... Um, what most people, probably you and many other people, think about, the first thing they think about was that this movie started when the kids are like towards the end, they're on their bikes and the bikes somehow fly into the air and then to the, like the sky and the, the, the moon there. The, 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 that Amblin, the production Amblin then has... That's, where, that's yeah. how they got the idea for those productions. Yeah, all yeah. All yeah. So it's really, that's how they got the idea. And it's really interesting about that whole flying with the bikes and all that. It's very iconic to have the bikes of the kids fly like that and, and be Amblin and everything moving for further, you know, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, we are 43 minutes in. My app can, my podcasting app can only record up to 55 minutes. So I think we want to wrap up our last few thoughts and opinions about ET, the extraterrestrial, and then we'll conclude um, again with our own personal ratings, great ratings, and then remind people what to look out for next week in our next 80s movie to cover. So, um, what are your um, final thoughts and opinions um, when you think of uh, what when you've seen ET, the um, eighty-two well, classic? Even though the next year will be like a, like a, some kind of fortieth, fiftieth anniversary. Oh, that's right. Year. Oh, yeah. Well, the twentieth anniversary was in um, two thousand two, so that would make it what the four. 
40th anniversary? 30, 30th anniversary. 1982, 2002, make it 30. No, wait, no, wait, no, wait. No, well, it came out in 82. 2002 was the 20th anniversary. 2012 would have been the 30th. So this is the 40th, 40th anniversary. But now this next year will be like 50th anniversary. Because due to the pandemic, about what Sunday they can re-release E.T. again in theaters just for to keep a happy moment. About, but avoid watching the 2002 edition because everything Spielberg does is change it up. You know, like uh, make E.T. a computer animation had extra scenes that we don't we never see before. But that's like I don't like the sound. I don't like the sound of like um when you say though computer animation though because like going back let's say with Yoda I actually prefer the Empire Strikes Back puppet Yoda I, I prefer I prefer the Yoda the puppet Yoda from Empire Strikes Back as opposed to being computer generated in the um in the in the prequels and such like I think even though we have the capability for computer generated stuff I I mostly like um uh, practical effects rat rather I prefer practical right. to CGI so hopefully next hopefully next year but the people miss going to theater but sometimes but hopefully next year it's a it's the 50th anniversary of BT but hope people someday they 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 can re they can have pleasure watching watching theaters about they can read watching some old old movies in theaters first are you are are you saying that for the new anniversary which I believe would be the 40th now that they should see the 82 cut or the 2002 cut. 82, just 82. 82. Not 2002, that ruins it. Right, right, that does ruin it. You're right, yeah, it kind of ruins it. Um, yeah, and that's why for so many reasons, that's why there was never a sequel. Like, he knew that this couldn't be sequelized. It had to be a one-and-done one standalone. What's that? Except the advertisement, that looks like... A, well, yeah, well, the advertisement's a whole other thing, yeah. That looks like a, our Comcast, I meant Comcast advertisement. Yeah, they had some Comcast trivia. They had some Comcast trivia in there, but um, I grew up with Comcast um, in my first home, and there I, 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 I use Verizon now, I prefer Verizon, so whenever I get snail mail in the from Comcast, I throw them in the trash because, to me personally, for some people, they might actually prefer Comcast over Verizon, but for me personally, I'm a, I'm a Verizon over for Comcast. I hate Comcast as a, as a company. I don't like Comcast at all. I'm always Verizon, but I grew up with Comcast. But yeah, there were bits of uh, Comcast trivia inside of their trivia as well. But I kind of skipped over the Comcast trivias because I really, really don't like Comcast. So I'm just mainly focusing on the other parts of the movie and how it connected to other movies and such um, with trivia. But yeah, um, yeah, the 20th anniversary was 20 years ago. So this will be now in 2022, the 40th anniversary. Or 50th, I could say. No, why would you say 50th? It's 40. Oh, 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 that, 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 you're right, the 40th. 40, 40, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they, they have to remember next year they have to hold the anniversary of the 80th anniversary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed you're um, wearing the um, microphones on your ears. Were you wearing them on previous oh, podcasts? You know, I, I'm wearing them because uh, something I need to improve the sound. Okay, yeah, yeah. That might help with the sound. Yeah, sure. If it helps with the sound quality, for sure. Keep them on if it helps with the sound audio quality. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, even the microphone, even the microphone on the Yeah, the, oh, I see, yeah, the microphone part there too. Hopefully that'll make this one come out better for sure. And definitely wear it for all of our future podcasts as well. All right. All right, now we're, we're 47 minutes in, almost 48. It cuts off for free at 55. So let's wrap up with our own personal how each of us would grade and rate the film. And then I'll remind our listeners, our listeners and fans on what movie, movies to look forward to afterwards again. So if you had to grade, if if you had to grade or rate the classic family comedy, uh, kids, um, uh, heartfelt movie, E.T. the Extra Terrestrial from the, uh, the summer of 1982, how would Avi grade or rate this movie, E.T.? Excellent. Excellent? Yeah, so I said excellent would be an A plus then, yeah? yeah? Yeah, I would also give it an A. Um, not, I wouldn't, I, I would not say A plus, that's for you, because I, no movie's perfect, so I'll just say like an A, but not an A plus, but, uh, A, A definitely an A, definitely a, oh, well, yeah, this is one of those. This is one of those four out of four stars. You would say, right? Four out of four stars. Four, so four stars. Uh, four out of four. Like on a scale of one to ten, uh, ten is a is the greatest one. No, 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 no. It'll be. Hold on, hold on. Let's do um, an A plus for you, an A for me, a four out of four stars. You said a ten out of ten. I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna give it eleven or eleven or fourteen out of ten. So, so it's actually eleven or fourteen. It goes over ten to be eleven or fourteen over the number ten. You get it? You get yeah. it? 
Yeah. So it's like for me, like an 11 or 14 over the 10. So yeah, for sure. Definitely highly, highly, highly. I would, we would definitely, I'd say highly, highly recommend this movie to other people who haven't, who's never seen it before. Uh, 10 out of 10 for you, 11 or 14 over 10 for me, definitely high up in the grade ratings. Um, if anybody enjoyed this podcast, um, and then tune in next time, um, in next week when we're going to be talking about another kids classic adventure comedy, um, with, where, we, where then we can go further into Corey Feldman and, the, and of course all the other characters as well. There's a lot to say about Corey Feldman and all the movies he's in. Um, as we're going to be talking about the recently passed away director Richard Donner's 1985 kids comedy classic The Goonies next week. That's right. We're talking about The Goonies next week, which similar to E.T., they tried to get sequels, but I believe sequels would ruin both E.T. and The Goonies. And so there will never be a sequel for E.T. And if they're smart, there'll never still be a sequel for The Goonies. So tune in. Ne- oh, 50 minutes in now. 50 minutes in. All right, great. So next time we're agreeing we're talking about The Goonies next week. That's going to be a fun one to talk about, which came out the year of my birth, 1985. What year were you born? 89. 89, okay, you were born in 89. Yeah, it said about 88 that it wasn't, E.T. wasn't even released until 1988, six years after the movie. You were born in 89, thank you for letting me know. But yeah, The Goonies is 1985. There's so many movies that came out um, in 1985. And so check out for us, if you're curious about, wanting about our thoughts and opinions about The Goonies, so much to say about that one. And after we close off the year with The Goonies, we're going to have all of January and all of February being about... Um, Batman. Batman theme to get bat, all about Batman movies. So much fun stuff to talk about. I, I grew up with Batman. I love Batman, the comics and the movies. So we're going to have, and, and we'll also, uh, in the Batman movies, in the Batman movies, we'll also be including, um, parts of Zack Snyder in the Zack Snyder movies and also the solo Joker movie from 2019. We'll mention some um, snack, partly Zack Snyder movies and what Zack Snyder did and what um, the director of Hangover did with Joker 2019 as... Um, who played Joker in 2019, the actor? Joaquin Phoenix. Yes, Phoenix Joaquin as the Joker. Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker in 2019. Thank you all for listening. We hope that the theatrical release of theatrical movies never ends. So to make sure they're still around for 10 and 10 to 15 years from now, please support your AMC movie theaters. Maybe go see the new Spider-Man movie or the new Matrix or whatever you want to see or some movie that isn't um, Spider-Man or Matrix uh, to keep the movie theatrical experience alive even though they, they charge way too many high-release prices is a take out oh, there's your movie there's your phone calls again um but yeah um check out the theatrical movies to keep them in business at amc movie theaters in america and this has been um avi and millennial man motions entertainment llc signing out to the goonies see you then signing out